Thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. I am your host, Diane Bells. The Hope Station is a place to hear amazing interviews, great transformational stories, and learn about the power of faith and hope to change your life. A podcast that proves living purposefully is possible. Are you ready for your own transformational story? Do you want to turn a new chapter in your life or career? There's hope. Schedule a free consult call with me to stop feeling hopeless and gain the hope you need to have the life you deserve. Information of how to schedule that appointment is in the show notes. You can also connect with me through my website, Diane Bells, uh, D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. Are you ready for another great interview? Hello and welcome to the Hope Station podcast. I am your host, Diane Bells, and today we are bringing hope to you in the form of how to take control of your health now. And that is with my guest, Barbara Walsh, who is a board-certified master health coach who overcame breast cancer naturally with the healing power of food and prayer. She had no surgery, radiation, or chemo, and now seven years later, she's still cancer-free. Barbara, this is a miracle story, and sometimes miracles happen because we decide to choose something differently. So just tell our audience a little bit about why you chose to go the natural path when that seems like, for so many, the scarier path. Yeah, it's a scary path. Um, But for me personally, I think I was more terrified of the treatment protocols that were being offered to me than the natural path. Um, You know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And for me, it was a, um, I was blindsided because I didn't have any family history of breast cancer. Um, So it never really occurred to me that I would be at risk, you know? And so um, I was always very um, diligent and faithful with my mammograms, my self checks and all that stuff. And um, I was always typically a very compliant patient. So, um, you know, if the doctor told me to do something, I would do it. And I didn't really question it until the day that they told me that I had breast cancer. Um, And the reason why that is, is because um, my dad actually had died from colon cancer, but I was 13 years old when that happened. And um, it was, it was a bad um, experience, obviously. Right. Um, And I saw him suffer, you know, through all those treatments. And um, ironically, so many years later, they were offering me the same treatments. And I thought to myself, there's got to be something else. Is there nothing else that I could do besides this same route that I saw my dad and many, many other people go down in my life? I've seen a lot of people who have, you know, had cancers. And sadly, many of them who have gone the conventional route didn't make it, you know? So, um, so anyway, the other side, the flip side of this was there was this like weird parallel universe going on at the time <laughs> because I have a son and at the time my son was 14. And so I kept thinking about wow. what I saw and mm-hmm. I kept thinking about my son and I thought, I don't want him to experience what I experienced because it it was a terrible experience. And, not, and on top of that, you know, when I went to the doctor, 
um, I asked the questions, you know, how did this happen? I, you know, how did this happen? I thought I was responsible. And you know what? Sadly, my doctor could not tell me why it happened. And I hated that. (laughs) Call me a control freak, but (laughs) I'm a big why person too. I want to know why, like, and they don't seem to have a lot of answers. As you said, they have the same protocols. This is like a 40 year difference in time. Yep, absolutely. And the same exact things are being done. And I, I, um, I walked, I watched my brother-in-law walk through this journey and mm-hmm. I, um, and I said, I, I will never do this. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I understand where you can say, cause I, I always look like, okay, I've saved myself by almost killing myself so yeah. I can eventually die anyway. Like, yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly it. You know? And then my husband asked the doctor at the time, he said, you know, well, if my wife does these things, will she be cured? And the doctor said, well, you know, there are no guarantees. We'll consider it to be a success if there's no recurrence of cancer within five years. And so I thought, you are a success I, story. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, I thought, five years, are you crazy? You know, and I thought to myself, if I am going to live only five years, I don't want to live it that way. I don't want to live sick for five years. Right. I mean, if, if all I had left, if that was all the time I had left, I thought I would just rather live and then die and not be alive and feel like I'm dead. (laughs) Right. Or so sick. You wish you were dead. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly right. And so, you know, as I, you know, said, you mentioned in my uh, intro that, you know, part of my journey had to do with prayer. Um, I couldn't really um, make the decision to go right into treatment, although there was a lot of pressure to do that. Okay. And I really needed time to process it because anyone who's been diagnosed, it's like, they tell you you have a diagnosis, they want you in surgery the next day, the day after surgery, they want you to start chemo. And then right after that, they want you in radiation and then for, for me, I had a uh, estrogen positive breast cancer. So for that, they wanted me to be on tamoxifen, which is an estrogen blocker for like the rest of my life. And I kept thinking to myself, five years, no recurrence in five years. If I do these treatments, everybody knows that radiation could cause cancer. I mean, think about it. When you go, <laughs> when, when you go to the dentist, right? They want to take a little tiny x-ray. They load you up with the metal vest. All the techs go running out of the room to take this picture for two seconds. Okay. So we know that that's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we know it's, it's well-documented that chemotherapy causes cancers, all kinds of other cancers. We know that. And I don't know if people know this. I didn't know it, but I found out that tamoxifen uh, causes uterine cancer. And so I thought to myself, if I bombard myself with all of this stuff, it's a good bet that I would probably have a reoccurrence within five years, if not five years, you know, soon afterward, I think. After going through all the pain and the sickness and that, you know, post-op surgery, yes. So talk about how prayer helped you make that decision. Yeah. So I went home and I, I was trying to get a, um, a second opinion at 
a very, very well-known, like the biggest cancer center here on the East Coast in New York City. And um, I couldn't get in there right away. I had to wait, which turned out to be a blessing, actually, because it gave me the time to like, I prayed a lot and um, I was really seeking God for an answer. Like, what should I do here? And, you know, through that time of prayer, I just felt really led to just research, just figure out, learn what's happening to me, learn, learn what I'm up against. Because at that, at that point in time, I was sort of facing something. I had no idea what all the implications of it were. Right. Was, were. <laughs> I never said that right. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> and then the other side of it was I, I wanted to know why back to that whole why, because the doctor couldn't tell me why. And that's when I learned some pretty fascinating stuff. Okay. I, learned, I learned that number one, it takes cancer 10 years to grow in a person's body before it could even be detected because before it could be felt or picked up on a mammogram or any other type of screening. 10 years, 10 years. Yep, absolutely. And I thought to myself, holy smokes, this has been going on in my body for 10 years now. And, um, I didn't realize that that was what was happening. And, and there are lots of reasons why that happens, which we can come back around to later um, if you want. Um, and so I thought to myself, wow, that's been 10 years. And then I learned about, you know, the power that is really built into our bodies naturally that we have to heal. There's healing, a healing mechanism is made. It's our bodies are made with it, designed with it. I mean, part of the master design of us, you know, <laughs> because if we didn't have that in us, I mean, we just, we'd die by, by coming into contact with anything, really. We wouldn't right. be able to survive. So, so we have an immune system. We have a healing system inside of us. How did that feel when you realized that? I thought to myself, I... I thought I knew this, but apparently I knew nothing. That's what I thought. <laughs> and so I thought, I thought that was fascinating. And then the next thing I learned was how the heck do you support that healing process in your body? You know, okay. and it, it, that is where um, I found out about the power of nutrition. Seriously. I, prior to this, um, and obviously 10 years way before this diagnosis came along, I never really um, thought much about what I ate and how it impacted my body. I never really, I just never really thought of it in those terms. It was just like, I was hungry. I ate something. It tasted good. I ate it. You know, I mean, the, the extent of my um, concern about the things that I ate really had to do with whether or not it was going to put weight on me. Was it going to make me fat? Was it going to make me skinny? That was the only, that okay. was like really my only um, understanding of it is as far as it applied to my body, but it's so much greater than that. It's so much bigger than that. And so I found out about that. I found out about um, herbal things that exist from nature. Again, something else that's like inherently built in to right. nature, like even the things about the nutrition, it's all of these nutrients and vitamins and, you know, stuff that does amazing things for your body all built into that. So I thought it was fascinating that, you know, God designed our bodies in a certain way 
And then he also designed all of these other things that we could take advantage of to support our bodies and our health and, and feel amazing, you know, when we eat them and whatever. So, uh, so when we use them as, you know, those tools. And so as I thought about this, I thought, let me think about this now. So if I go the conventional route, um, it could be five years before I have a recurrence. Okay. If I decided not to do anything at all, which of course was not an option, I thought it could probably be 10 years before the cancer that's in my body moves, you know, progresses to the next stage. So it was like, kind of like a crapshoot, you know, it was like, you know, right. it was like a 50, 50 shot either way. That's what a it toying was. Toying costs, we'll call it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a better, you could edit me. <laughs> it's a better way no, to say it. <laughs> No, I think what I, I just, when you're thinking, yeah, one gives you lots of options and then this other gives you two, two paths that you could have taken the conventional path, which when you look down further down the line, you're saying that doesn't look like a pleasant, <laughs> healthy path to go on because I could do this, which causes that you're, you're looking, there's like a domino effect, a possibility. And then you're saying, then there's this other path there, you know, that you're taking control of your own health, that you realize you do have the power to heal yourself, that the Lord has given us both a body and herbs and nutrients and other things to solve it. You know, which path are you going to choose? So what, what was the deciding factor that you flipped, you didn't even have to flip the coin anymore. <laughs> it's like, true. It's true. It's a better path. Yeah. The deciding factor was I met a woman who, um, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer, stage four breast cancer, 20 years before my diagnosis. And, um, at the time when she was diagnosed, it was way before there was the internet. There was nothing to really, mm -hmm. there was nothing to research. You, you know what I mean? But she had met somebody else who, again, in her area at the time, they, everybody thought she was crazy, but she met this other woman who had done some natural things and she decided to try it. And um, it blew me away, number one, because I have never met a person, maybe you have, who has lived 20 years after a cancer diagnosis of any kind, let alone li be living a thriving life after that. Right. And so she said this to me and it, it was like so insightful. She said, you know, if you're even thinking about trying this, you know, you have more time, number one, than then probably the doctors are telling you, because like I mentioned before, there's this huge rush to get you into, into this conventional treatment. And not only that, but there's a lot of scare tactics, tactics. It's scary and it's fearful. And they, they really impress upon you the fact that you need to make a decision or you're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> and she said to me, you're not going to die tomorrow. You do have a little bit of time. She said, and you know what? If you want to try it, you might want to see if it works for you, because if it doesn't, you can always go back for surgery and radiation and chemo, and they'll never turn you away. And I thought, wow, that's awesome I thought to myself, because, you know, it's such a big decision. You know, it wasn't like it was an all or nothing decision, because for me, it was like, 
am I going to live or am I going to die? But it wasn't like I, you know, I love the idea that I had that as an option, something to keep in my back pocket. You know what I mean? Well, I think and all of us, no matter what our decisions are, options always feel better. It feels like then we we have some power in, in where we're going in our life. You know, if you're saying this is the only way, we feel like we've been stripped of our own power to decide because we we have only one option. And it also, when you're you're talking about it, is just having someone say, step back. Because how many of us make really good decisions when we're under some kind of emotional strain and fear? That's a big one. Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. big one to say when we're in a fear mind, then that survival mechanism in our brain takes over and it's just like, I want to stop being afraid. So do whatever you need to do so I can stop feeling afraid, even if it makes me feel horrible. Because I, yeah. I don't want to feel afraid. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's, a des- it's a total desperation mindset. It's a mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're right. I don't think I have ever made one good decision that's been rooted in fear. Not one in my whole life. I'm sure I have made many, but they were never really the best decisions <laughs> because you're not thinking clearly. You're just you're just getting like this crazy survival mode. You're terrified. It's like, oh my God, I got to do something right now, you know? But I think that was it was huge what that woman said to me. You know, you you have a little more time. And she you know, gave you like, back your power. Absolutely. And not only that, but I really believe that that God gave me that power because he opened up like this whole world to me that I just was clueless about. I did not know it existed. I did not know about the the power that we inherently have by the choices that we make, you know? And well, so let's talk a little bit about that power that you've learned about and then talking about the the healing the the the, the treatment program that you decided to take. Okay. Um well I think that all of that was instrumental in giving giving me the power back. Having that control, I guess I'm a control freak, but for me, it was like, <laughs> it was so important. I hated the idea that I was being forced into a corner. You know what I mean? I didn't like that idea. I mean, who would really? And so I just, as I looked it over and I thought it, it made so much more sense to <clears throat> to nourish my body so it could heal then to bombard it with poisons, hoping that maybe if I survived that, I would get well, you know? And so I just was like, okay, okay, God, I'm all in. This is the path. Because the other side of it too is once I made that decision and I had all those options laid out for me, I had so much peace. Like you were just talking about how you don't want to be afraid. I was Mm -hmm. not afraid because it was like, it made sense. And I felt like I knew what to do weirdly even though i did i had never known what to do you know in, in this arena before so <clears throat> i just went all in i was like okay i'm doing it and um i literally changed everything i changed the way i ate um and that included um and i <clears throat> it included doing a lot of things like prior to this whole um wake up call that i had with breast cancer Um, as I mentioned before, I was just like, didn't really take good care of myself. I didn't know I wasn't taking care of myself though. That I think is a key. It was just like the way I was raised, the types of foods that we always ate, you know, and 
you know, and I, this is something that I had to just um, come to terms with, like, all right, I can't feel bad about that now. I just didn't know better. Like, you don't know what you don't know, right. you know? And so, but that doesn't mean that you can't make the change, right? So I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. So I decided doing, eating a lot of vegetables, organic vegetables. Um, I did a lot of juicing. Um, and the reason why was because I learned about through that other, all that learning stuff, I learned about the power of detoxification. Like it's super, super important to, to lower the, um, the burden of toxicity that we have on our bodies because um, we want to have a really strong immune system. If you have that strong, strong immune system, number one, you, you, your body would eradicate any type of cancerous activity that might be going on within that 10 year time frame where you're oblivious, your body will mm -hmm. take care of it. And you just won't have to worry about that. It just does it on its own. Or if you're someone like myself and you, you find yourself faced with a diagnosis, the strong immune system is the key that you're going to need to heal. So, um, so I, I focused on detoxification. I did a lot of juicing. I changed the diet. I moved away from processed foods, fast foods, and sorry, sugar. <laughs> I moved away from those things reluctantly. It wasn't like I jumped out of bed every day and said, yay, I want to do this. It wasn't that. It was like, I want to live. And if this is what it takes... Mm. And I would tell myself that every day there were days like, you know, because it was such a radical change that I was making, um, I, there were days when I thought to myself, I don't know if I could do this. And then I would remind myself like, no matter what, this is going to be infinitely easier than going through chemotherapy or radiation. And the other thing I would remind myself was, it's not like you're doing some weird experimental drug that nobody has heard of before. Nobody knows what the outcome is and nobody knows what the long-term side effects are. It's never going to hurt you to eat more broccoli. And so <laughs> it, it hurts me. <laughs> I cannot eat broccoli. But I, I love it. Well, this is so many clues are in there. Because when you're saying, I, I don't know, the, the Bible verse, be not afraid, I go before you always, come follow me, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. So this is when you're looking at it, that how people get us to do things. And if you look at how many fear tactics are applied to our health, our wealth, our well-being all the time, because it wants to lead us in a direction that we do feel backed in that corner. And Barbara said, uh-uh, this doesn't feel right. I don't want to feel this way. And when you made a different decision, peace is a clue. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Like, Am I feeling peace in this moment? And I remember the, the different you know, decisions I had to make. And one of them was with my husband. Um, he had a cardiac, he went into cardiac arrest. My sons or our sons were working with him. They resuscitated him, but he was in a, a, a coma. He was, you know, he never regained consciousness. And I said, this is not what he wants. He did not ask me to give him, you know, extreme treatment or try to revive him or bring him back. He was probably mad that they did already, but we had that discussion uh, with my sons. And I was at peace to say it's time to let him go. There was no, there was nothing that's saying you need, you need to fight. You need to bring him back because number one, that's not, we agreed as a couple, we would not do that. 
we would not go to extreme measures for if we're we're going to die we're going to die now <laughs> and that's it. I know that that sounds, but that was the choice we made. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And I just felt at peace. So, you know, yeah. that you're, I feel that there is a right answer. And when you're looking and saying, what gives you peace? And I was talking to someone today and I said, are you feeling at peace? She's like, no. <laughs> and when, when were you feeling peaceful? Go back to that place. It's a yeah. sign. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's so yeah. true because the Bible says that, you know, God's wisdom travels on a pathway of peace. And so when I, you know, I would cling to that and I would say, this is, this is the peaceful path that he has for me. I mean, it's a weird path. It's an unknown path. It's an out of the box path. But it's not a weird path. It's not a known known path. They just sort of, you know, the medical pharmaceutical, you know, has sort of erased that history. Mm-hmm. That for generations before, I know that we're living longer, but are we living more healthy? Are we living longer and healthier lives? Are we just living longer lives? Yeah, you're right. And, you know, when you're looking at for for centuries, centuries, thousands of centuries, they are not thousands of centuries, but they, this is the path that they went through of sure. this natural healing of trusting Sure. So detox, I, I love to juice. I have my juicer and I, I have to make a batch this, uh, you know, and I, I love it. I feel better. I'm not, I, I you know, chewing broccoli or it. <laughs> so what else? You, you detox, you add up more vegetables in your life, eating more naturally. What else did you do, Barbara, to really get that healing system in your body working? Um, To be honest with you, a big, a big factor that um, involved uh, how I manage stress. That was huge, a huge, mm-hmm. huge factor. I think that's something that we all kind of overlook because we are in a stress-induced society. Our lives are filled with stress. I think the fact that, I think it's so cool. We have this amazing technology, like we could be in different places. We could be in different parts of the world and still interact with one another. But the flip side of all of that cool technology is we have this constant pull on us 24 seven, which I think adds to the stress level that we have. We're just constantly in Never this- Never shutting off. Yeah, yeah we, we very, very rarely choose to have downtime. We're just- we're just always on, you know what I mean? So stress management was huge for me, a, a big, big factor. And um, another big factor for me was, um, I'm going to use the E word, I had to start exercising. <laughs> now, I myself am a gal who, exercise was never my first love. I was never one of those people that loved to do exercise. Um, but I had to change my mind about a lot of things. I mean, I had to change my mind, change my mind about what I was eating, change my mind about how, how, you know, even acknowledging the fact that I was um, living in chronic stress. You know, it wasn't like every day, you know, my my house was crashing in, but the way the body works is that, you know, it doesn't differentiate between whether or not you're going to be hit by a car in two seconds or whether or not you're just carrying this stress all the time of finances or marital issues or issues with your kids or whatever, you know, your body just treats it all the same. And, and when we're in that state, and I had been in that state for years, 
without knowing it, um, you're basically your immune system turns off, period, because you're stressed. And the reason why it turns off is because your body's reserving all that energy to help you to fight that bear or, <laughs> you know, tame that okay. tiger. And so, so instead of doing that, you're, you're, so it's reserving, is it cortisol? What is it, the thing that it's holding on to when you're, um, it just basically, well, cortisol gets released. That's number one. And then what that, ha when that happens, um, it does a couple things. Um, it, this is going to be off on a bunny trail. Sorry, but it does a couple things. It, um, it causes your body to hold on to fat because your fat is like an energy reserve. That's number one. Number two, your body starts saying, oh my gosh, we need to reserve all the energy that we have to divert it to our muscles so we can run away or fight or whatever. And when that happens, it pulls it from um, body systems that the body deems are not important at that moment. And so things will happen, like your digestion will shut down because your body will say, well, we don't need to digest the food right now. We need to fight. So it'll pull the energy right. from that. So you'll become constipated or bloated, or you'll have digestive issues. Right. Then the other thing that'll happen is it'll say, well, we don't need to worry about germs and immunity right now because we need that energy to fight. <laughs> so it'll shut that off. And so basically you'll have like a whole domino effect, a chain reaction that happens when we're stressed. And it has to do with shutting down really important systems in the body that help to maintain our immunity and, and support and actually enable our body's ability to heal. That was a great depiction of what's going on. Thank you. That, that makes total and absolute sense. Because our body, you know, we have that primitive brain that our body's made for that fight or flight type mm -hmm. situation. And that the stressors in life, there's just so much. And I think, as you said, we're, we're constantly feeling like there's so many things coming at us all the time. And we don't know, do we have to, it's like we're in a constant reactive mode. I guess it's the best way is we're reacting, we're reacting, we're reacting, we're reacting. And then that just, you know, our immune system is like, you know, I, I better, I got more important things to do. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Our, so our body's prioritizing for us. And it yeah. might not be making the right decision. <laughs> well, it, it's making the decision based on what it's informed with at the moment, you know, because right. if, if we were actually going to get run over by a car, we would need to have that kind of response. But you know, most of the time we're not, we're not really facing that kind of a stress, but so that's why stepping back, like you mentioned before is so important because you really need to regain perspective on, right. you know, what is the most important thing here? You know, is it, do I need to be constantly ready to respond or do I need to carry every, every weight, all the weight of every situation that I come in contact with, or is it better to, you know, think about how that's affecting my body and my ability to stay healthy or heal from a disease or chronic mm -hmm. illness of any kind? And, and maybe it's better to, you know, cast those cares on the Lord and really believe that he's going to take care of it, you know, as opposed to me trying to figure everything out in my own limited ability to do so. It sounds like there were so many shifts that you had to make. Yeah, there were. And 
And that's where, you know, people that I know in the, we'll say in the medical profession is saying, people just don't want to do that hard work. So we, we have to make it easy, which is the other part that our brain likes. It likes easy, mm, like that's true. easy peasy, just give me the pill and like, get, let me get on with my life. Yeah. And you made a conscious decision. So Barbara, what was going in the back of your mind saying, this is going to be in some ways a hard decision because I have to make all these changes within myself rather than going this conventional route where let's cut and paste it and be done with it. How, how were you able to make that many changes what were what did you do to just say i'm doing it again so that you could wake up every day and say i want to live was that part of it just having that decision my decision yeah it was i wanted to number one i wanted to see if this was going to work number two i thought to myself actually a good starting point for that was that i thought to myself if this doesn't work right i want to get my body in as good of a position as I can be in if I end up having to go into treatment. That, that was probably, sense. that was like a big focus for me because, you know, I wasn't young, you know, when I got the diagnosis, I had started menopause and everything. And so I was in my fifties, you know, so I thought to myself, I probably need to like shape up here anyway, <laughs> you know, so I could, so like I, so if I do end up going into that type of treatment, I might, I'd have a shot of, you know, doing fairly okay with it. You know, that I think was one of the, one of the first things. And then the second thing was, you know, my husband would tell me, cause some days I would wake up and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. And he would say, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this tomorrow. And he would say, don't worry about tomorrow. And does that sound familiar from the Bible? You know, tomorrow's got enough worries of its own, you know? And he would, you know, he would just say to me, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Just do what you're doing right now. What are you doing right now? Don't worry about that. And that was huge. That was, it was really freeing in a weird way because instead of me trying to think, oh my God, how's this going to work tomorrow? How am I going to do this tomorrow? How am I going to do this tomorrow? It was more like, you know, okay, what am I doing right now? You know? Awesome. And, and what's cool about that, if we can get to that space, is that we become really present in our lives. And then we can actually enjoy what we're doing at any given moment, even aside from all those changes. Like when you think about, like like you were saying, it was a lot of layers because, and the reason why there were so many layers to this is because we're like that. Our bodies are so, like, right. I think that's an issue, like with, um, with, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash conventional medicine, but the conventional medical model that we have is so, is so symptom focused. It's so, you know, I have a symptom, here's the prescription. I have another symptom here's, you know, and those become like, we walk around like, like mummies with all these band-aids all over us, but we never really get to why the heck we have the symptom in the first place. Once you address that, you, Everything changes because everything in your body is connected. One thing that you do in your body affects something else in your body. Even if they seem totally unrelated, they are all working together to give you the, to, you know, to, to maintain your health, to give your body the energy that it needs and to, to, um, to fulfill whatever it is that you're 
calling is your body's designed to do that. You know, if we could support the process, the key though, is, you know, to, to not look at it so much as like, oh, I have a symptom thinking to yourself, okay, well, what's causing it. If I could figure out what's causing it, I have a better shot at, at getting rid of it. Right. Like if you have, if you have in your house, for an example, let's say you have a, a little, a little, um, leak in your roof of your house. Okay. Well, you could say, yeah, look at that. I got a leak over there. So you could do a couple things. You can get a bucket. You could put it under the leak to catch the water. You could spackle over the top of it. And eventually the water's going to soak through the spackle. It's going to continue to drip in the bucket. And if you never really address why the heck you have the leak in the first place, eventually what's going to happen is your roof is going to cave in, right? And it's the same thing with our bodies. It's exactly the same thing. Well, I think that, that that's another great analogy. And I, I love analogies. So that that's the truth that we're, we're, we don't have health care, we have symptom care. Yeah, absolutely. It's taking care of symptoms, not of our health. Absolutely. And I think the other challenge is they, they treat the body. But as you said, we're connected, we're body, mind and spirit. Mm-hmm. And if we're not working on all three of those, they're just, we're just, we're never getting to the bottom of why, what is going on? And why is that going on? We want these quick, fixes that it is like you said we're, we're just going to put the bucket there and there's people who go yeah i don't want the bucket i don't like the dripping let's just see if we can spackle it or yeah. put the plastic up it something <laughs> else and it, it's still it's still like you said it's, it's a band-aid if we don't get to the, to the symptom base so i love that i love the analogy you're you're having me like really think a lot of things here so this, <laughs> <laughs> this is really <laughs> I needed to hear you speak to me today, Barbara. So thank you. <laughs> I, I love this story. So how, as a health coach, what are you doing? Because you, you focus on, on women who are having similar type issues and challenges. What are you doing to help them heal, to take control of their health? Well, the first thing that I do when I work with women is... Um, I help them to sort of take stock of where they are, you know, and like in terms of, I mean, I work with people, you know, in terms of breast cancer prevention, I've worked with some people who have been diagnosed with state with different types of cancers. And I I work with people before they get a diagnosis. So, you know, I basically, I try to meet whoever I'm working with where they're at, number one. But the thing that I really try to do is to, um, to empower them, to let them know that, you know, if they want to um, see an improvement, they can see it and they can affect that change. And I really try to impress that on people. I mean, I try to tell them, hey, look, I'm living proof. I mean, here I am, a lady going to be 60 pretty soon, you know, and I have energy that I had when I was 20. And so I mean, God gave me the path so I could heal from a very serious disease. And that process improved everything about my body and my life and that they can have that too, you know? And I also tell them, you know, um, that like you said, I hate to do this, but I tell people, you know, there's no silver bullet. There's no quick fix. Um, It's, it's a process that we go through. It's a process that we walk through. And I, that's what I do. I walk with people through that process. I help them to see 
how they can start to make some of these shifts in their life because, and in their health, because it's not practical to think that you're going to change everything overnight. It might sound good, but it's not really practical. So the, so the point is, how do we do this and how do we make it work with your life so that you can adopt some things that you can sustain? And once you sustain them, sky's the limit because then everything starts to change in your body and you feel good. I think that was a major thing. Like you were saying, how did I, how did I have those days where I kept, you know, I kept going to be honest with you, the more that I learned and the more that I implemented as I went, I could feel my body responding, which was pretty amazing in itself. And um, I had been, like I said, I had started menopause when I got my diagnosis. And um, I had actually been one of those lucky gals that puts on a couple pounds when they hit menopause and there was pounds are really hard to get off, you know. And as I went through this whole process, which basically created like a metabolic reset in my body, I 30 pounds just melted right off my body where I didn't even have to diet. And I was no stranger to dieting. And that's a whole other podcast episode, but, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it just melted off and it's, it stays off. I mean, I'm here, I am seven years later and I haven't gained that weight back. And so that's just, that was just like a bonus, you know? So I tell people that you're going to feel changes when you, if, when you start to implement some of these things mm -hmm. that might be different than you've ever done before, your body's going to respond and you're going to feel it. And I, you know, I'll, I would be surprised if you tell me, if you tell me after you go through the process and you start to feel these changes, if you don't, if you tell me you don't feel better, I will eat my hat because that is not going to be true. <laughs> is that on your plan? Hats. <laughs> Do they have organic hats out there? I can I make one. Hanging here. <laughs> you have to have a hat if you live in Florida. That's sure. <laughs> you know what I love, Barbara, is everything that the people who were addressing your cancer didn't do for you, you are now doing what you needed in that time for your for your clients and uh, your your people. So really looking at like where you are now, but empowering them to have change because change has a chain reaction. Like once you start changing little things, you can feel that you can change other things. Yeah. I'm saying I, I have the power, but you gave them options. Yeah. You're not saying I don't have a silver bullet. This isn't the answer. There's not only one, one option. There's many options here. Are what has worked for me and it's healed me. And it's like, we want that. Yeah. And if we know that it's all worth it. Oh yeah. Because you could have gone the conventional route, you know, you, you might, and I know that uh, I've heard of that tamoxifen or whatever it's called, how awful people mm -hmm. feel being on that. Yeah. So there's all these things, but you're, it's like you're, you're giving the power to the pill. And you're not giving the power to the people like yeah. you, you have power to heal and to change. Yeah. I, I just love everything. <laughs> just checking time. Uh, everything that you've said. And I think there's so much more. So one question I want to say, how did that prayer inter intersect with all of that? The prayer intersected with it because number one, I needed help. I needed help 
I needed God's peace. I needed wisdom. I needed to know what the heck I was going to do. And it was like, I didn't have the full plan, but it was like, it's, it was, it unfolded for me as I went. It was like, kind of like a, it was like a, it was like faith really, because, you know, I had to just keep going on, on the things that I was learning as I would move along and I would implement something and I would experience a change and I would implement the next thing and I would experience the change. It was like a walk really. And, um, and through that whole thing, the other side of the prayer um, aspect was helping me to, to stay out of fear every day because I could lie to you and say that I was on this path and I was, I was confident every single day. I wasn't sure because there was, I was like on, on my own, really, you know, there was nobody really every day to tell me you're doing the right thing. This is going to, you know, have that kind of encouragement to keep the motivation. I didn't have anybody to do that, but I had prayer and I had God and that gave me the peace to continue on that path. And I believe that that's part of what I do as a health coach is I try to impart that to people too, to be, to be there because I know what it's like to do these things and, and to be on your own and wonder, is this, am, am I going the right way? You know, and to have somebody who's walked it before you, I think is kind of a valuable thing if you find yourself in those situations. But even more than that, I always tell people, you know, if I, had known, I mean, the whole time I went through this process, everything I learned, I thought to myself every time I thought, I wish I had known this. Why didn't anybody tell me this? If I had known this, if I had known, I could have avoided breast cancer completely. And that's really what I try to empower people with that, you know, they don't have to wait. Don't wait until you get sick. Honestly, don't wait. Mm. You don't have to wait. You could do it right now. And you could experience and affect an amazing change in your body and your health right now. You don't have to be sick to do it. I I love this. Like it, it just, it's a remarkable story, a remarkable change. And I'm hearing that is we have to go through sometimes we're, we're being called to be the guide <laughs> to being the shepherd. You know, we're going, we're going to lead people in a different way than conventional wisdom has us living because we're, mm. we're sold one message all the time. There's we, we have the way, but then as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the way, the truth and the life. Yep. And your, your story is a testament to that. And it's a beautiful story. I'm so glad that we connected. I'm so glad that you, you've poured out your, um, your treatment plan and your heart and your healing to us. It's been a blessed time. So I want to just thank you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to just, you know, share that experience with other people. I really, my heart is really to help other people so that they don't have to, they don't have to deteriorate and expect to get sick and assume that that's has to be normal. And that's just the way it is. My heart is to help people so that they don't really ever have to, that they could really enjoy the life that God gave them in the body that God gave them, have right. energy, be able to move, be able to just be, you know, and, yeah. and not, and not be it. sick. So I love it because there is a different way that we're living when we feel we're called from the heart you know, to do something and you were called to heal. And I'm so glad that you answered that call. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much. 
Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. Wasn't that a great episode? My hope is that this episode brought you hope. Do you want to be a hope giver? I hope so. And how you can do that is to share this podcast, post the episode on social media, write a review or rate the podcast. This helps engagement and boost the podcast out to other listeners in need of hope. So thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a valued listener. And my hope is that you have a great week.